This is Dyson ShubiX, the podcast, episode 202 for the week of December 20th, 2009. Hello, hello, welcome to Daizen Chewy X. The podcast. An extension of the all-encompassing Dragon Ball fan site. Daizen EX. We cover anything and everything Dragon Ball in hopes of enlightening and a little bit of entertaining. Do not be dismayed. You may only hear Mike and Mary right now. We will bring you plenty of voices this episode. I'm excited. It's one of those haphazardly, well, that's not the right word, thrown together episodes with lots of... It's a buffet of people. It's a buffet of people. Lots of participation, lots of people with different thoughts. I am all about that. Let's start with the local introductions. The woman to my right, Miss Mary, hello. Hiya. How's it going there, Mr. Mike? It's going okay. Uh, the microphone looks like it's too tall for you. You're kind of... I'm also sitting very back. badly. <laughs> it's like I'm not even attempting to make my spine straight. I'm just like, Mary Stuffed with pumpkin bread and 200 coffee. episodes in, still working on that microphone posture. Yeah, I'm never going to get it right. One of these days, we'll get you a lovely boom microphone. Just swirl it around and stuff it in your face so you can't go anywhere. It's you and I, my name is Mike, Vegito EX. You and I will be doing the opening, the stuff, the housekeeping. We will be doing no news whatsoever. Aw, no news. There appears to be nothing this week. And then we're going to cut into music reviews this episode. It's lovely. There were three new CDs that came out in November. And we're long past due talking about them. I know. Well, there's been so much stuff going on. Oh, first of all, I saved my shipping for all three. I think one was at the beginning of the month, one was at the end of the month said, just throw them all in one shipment, and I'll take them as once they're all out. So that was a little bit of a delight. Then we're heading to episode 200, and it's just been a foster cluck of extravagant Dragon Ball conversations. But we're catching up on those. Those are going to be the Progression CD single, the Kai Song Collection, and the Kai Soundtrack 2. Each of them, with someone else helping me review them, so I'm excited about that. Before we hit, I guess, just straight into the topic subject matter this week, uh, we got some housekeeping stuff to discuss, Mary. Mm-hmm. First up is, we are finally going to move the forum server over, I hope, I promise, mostly, by the end of the year. Whoa, Merry Christmas to the forum. <laughs> you get a new home. You get a nice new upgrade. You can see uh, we're quite a toll on the server we're on right now with so many members. We're over 3,000 registered members, and we have a bazillion posts every day. We're moving it on over. Our buddy Mark is taking care of the hosting, and I know Lost is working like a madman converting the database over and upgrading all the necessary things. So look forward to that. We're probably going to have at least a couple days of downtime to give it a firm shutdown period, a final dump off of the current database, and port everything. Thing. And it's the holiday season, though, so hopefully people are at home with their uh, eggnog and their family and watching Dragon Ball and stuff. And you don't need to bother with the forum for a couple of days. That'll be fine, right? Yeah. Yeah, let's work. Uh, Mary, website content, I am very happy to say that finally, even though we reviewed it on the podcast a few weeks ago, my full written review of Attack of the Science, the new Nintendo DS game, it's not really new anymore, it came out a month ago, is going up on the website. Let me show you here, Mary. Look, look, it's a lot of Wow, it's and pictures. pictures. It's just scrolling and scrolling and scrolling. Jesus. Yes. Wow, I can see you really kept plugging away at that thing. I did. This is the way I describe it for people. If you are coming to Daizen X to look for a video game review, you're not looking for IGN's, oh, I gave it a five, and you know, a couple paragraphs of text. You want to endlessly read about this game. How do you know what people want? Because I am... You're just projecting. <laughs> exactly. I am projecting my own wants and desires onto our audience. Like I've said on the show before, everything I do with the Taizen Shui X is creating it for an audience that is just me. I do everything for me, and if other people love it, that's great. This is the type of review I would want of a new Dragon Ball game. So I made it for me, and if other people seem to like it, then that is fantastic. So you can go check that out. That uh, catches us up with the three new video games from this year. I really, really hope that they're spread out next year and I don't get three games at the exact same time because that was a little rough. I'm looking forward to playing something other than a Dragon Ball game for a little bit now. Keep saying I'm going to play Chrono Trigger. I think that's what I'm hitting next. What do you think? Although it's still... In that similar vein, you know, <laughs> that true. little thread of similarity. People have actually followed up, because I've mentioned this on the show before. I'm sorry, I never got around to playing Chrono Trigger as a kid. And I know that's absolutely blasphemous coming from me, uh, Toriyama character designs. I am sorry, and I hand in my fanboy ashamed card. of yourself. I am absolutely poser ashamed of myself. Poser I'm a total poser. 
Sorry, whatever. Jeez. All right, fine. I'm done. You're going to host the rest of the show, Mary? Okay, fine. All right, do it. What? What? what are oh, you doing? all right. Come on. Well, we got some non-news. All right. So, so what do you do? Like, not insert background music? <laughs> <laughs> I guess uh, we'll take it over to the first of three uh, CD reviews. All right, topic then. For the first of three CD reviews this episode, we are joined by... Oh, hey, it's Julian. That's right. What's up, dude? I'm here. Well, you know, it's the end of the year and I'm pretty busy, but I'm still here and I exist. Yay! I made it back from Sapporo. (laughs) I'm glad to hear that. Julian, you and I are going to review, it's a pretty short CD, it's the CD single for Progression, which is the opening theme to Dragon Ball Raging Blast. Now, this came out on November 25th of this year for 1,200 yen, so it's about 12 bucks. Now, uh, I reviewed the entire game. You have not played it, but I'm sure you've at least seen the intro video and have That's a little right. bit of familiarity with it, right? Yeah. So, I mean, I don't really have a console, so to speak, to play these sort of games on, but I enjoy the music that comes out of them, and that's why I'm here today. That's right. And uh, this is a special one because we are back with our main man, Hironobu Kageyama. Uh, I've been with him for years. It's great to see him sticking with at least the video games, despite Kai going in a different music direction. We still have his familiar voice. So let's just get it going here. The first track, Progression. It's the opening theme to Raging Blast. Take it away, Julian. How are you feeling about this song? I'm feeling pretty good about it. Uh, I'd say that even though the backing vocals are a little bit weaker than I expected, I really enjoy the kind of orchestral accompaniment that gives these kind of rock songs that extra little bit of drive. That's why I also really like the movie 13 ending theme. Yes, yes, it reminds me of that a lot. And that's why I really dig this song, even though I think it could be better in some areas. But there's a couple of spots where it feels like the backing vocals could use more people. Yes, I hear you. It's like they had only a couple of people singing along, and it's it's all right. It's good, but needs a little bit of extra kick to give it that sort of epicness that it needs, that level. I'm with you. I think it needs to be just a little more full in places. Right. I don't want the instruments to drown out the people who are singing. That's the only beef I have in the song. Yeah, I, I think I feel the same way about it. Uh, the comparison to the movie 13 closing theme is a great one because I feel like this song is very much in the epic moving forward shonen kind of feeling rather than some of the songs we've had in the past, like Super Survivor, which was kind of straight up rock. And I, I guess there might have been some shonen feeling behind it, but that was more of just the grrr rather than the almost smile triumphantly moving forward like I get from this song. Uh, how about Hironobu Kageyama's delivery, his vocals themselves? Like I said, he's such a familiar voice to us, it's great to have him back. Was he in prime form here for you? I'd say he's in his usual condition, which is to say he's giving his all. I have yet to hear a song where he has done anything half-hearted, and I think that speaks volumes about the kind of guy that he is. Yeah. He really throws himself into the songs full force. Right. It can be just a random new video game opening theme for a game that, uh, whatever, it's a new PS3 game. You would never know. You'd think it was the newest theme for the newest TV series. He just, you hear that smile and that enthusiasm in his voice. Yes. So it's always good to have him on board for these songs because he really gives it that extra something that makes it feel like this this is Dragon Ball. Yes, absolutely. You're talking about the orchestral feeling of the song. Uh, the horns are pretty big in this one. It reminds me a little bit of Power of Dreamer, which was by a different performer. That was Hiroki Takahashi. But I kind of got the same feeling where it was just blaring up behind him and kind of pushing him into the chorus a little bit. And then you just have yeah. that resounding feeling of swirling around and happy thoughts. Right. And I do get a little bit of that sort of classic Dragon Ball vibe from it as well. But for me, that's just as well, because I really like that. Right. I agree with you. Uh, I don't know what else I want to say about this. Coming into it, I've been hinting that I like this song a lot. And I think in a couple of years, this one has the potential for me to look back on it and say, yeah, you know, that actually was one of my favorite songs of some of the most recent video games. I think it's a little too early for me to say that right now. Yes. It's got some potential. Yeah, I'd say so. I'd say out of the video game themes, the one that really sticks with me thus far is the the opening theme to the second Budokai game, which I just really got into when it first came out and has stayed with me since then. And we've talked about that. I mean, that was the first new one since 97, so it's got a little bit, uh, I don't know, just a biased slant from us on that. Right. And I'd say that this one is also really good. Maybe not quite at that level, but it's pretty close. My personal opinion, of course. I'm with you. I think it would be good to look back on this one. 
move on to the rest of the CD, though. There's not a whole lot. We have one B-side on here. Julian, what is track two? It is called Road of the Promise, Yakusoko no Michi, or I guess sort of Promised Road or something similar. It's basically the Japanese is the English. Basically, although, you know, it's it's a literal English translation <laughs> right, that right. some polishing. But anyway. This song reminded me a lot of actually the Super Survivor CD single, which was more fleshed out. It had eight tracks. It had English versions and karaoke versions, but it also had what you would call two B-sides, which were slower Hironobu Kageyama songs that didn't really have anything to do with Dragon Ball, nothing to do with the game. It's not in the game. It's just kind of on there as a song. As another slower Hironobu Kageyama kind of image song B-side, did this do anything for you at all? Actually, I enjoyed it. I mean, the song is good. I enjoyed it. I'd say, in a way, um, the song itself was decent, but it's more because it reminded me of the song from uh, way back on the Hit Collection CDs. The, what's it called? Uh, Forever. Yes, yes. Do Kazuto, etc. Right. Yeah, I I feel that from this. I think um, more so even before I really got into the song, that association made me um, appreciate it a little more. <laughs> so maybe that's what they were going for even, because it's got a lot of the same characteristics with the piano and especially um, maybe the remix from the 18 and a half CD with the... Right. Did that have strings? Uh, I, I, it was no. called piano version. I think it was just straight up piano. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah, it was the... Um, Right. Yes, exactly. I think that's another very good comparison. And maybe that's what I was feeling because it did feel familiar to me, even though it was an entirely new song. But I will say it's such a contrast from progression. Maybe you want that. Maybe you want two completely different styles of songs. But I feel like it didn't really flow. And then it doesn't go anywhere because all we have left are instrumental versions of the songs. So for me, I think the progression CD single is going to end up being just, it has progression. And, oh, by the way, it's got this other slower Hironobu Kageyama song on it. It's, well, it's it okay. is a single. Right. I, I understand that. But I like I, it I mean, when they I, flesh I think it you're, out. I think you're asking too much if you're trying to look for it to flow the way an album would. <laughs> I agree. But, I agree. Uh, but I'd say that it's nice to have the contrast between a faster song and a slower song. And, you yeah. know, that's good. I always enjoy having more tracks than fewer, but... Um, Absolutely. And, of course, it would really suck if all there was was just you know progression and an instrumental of progression, which we've had before, so it's good to have a little something else on there to warrant the twelve dollars. <laughs> Do you think it warrants the $12, though? Mm, well, that's always a tricky question, because in general, CDs and DVDs in Japan are grossly overpriced. Right. So, in terms of um, prices in Japan, I'd say that the 1,200 yen is a pretty good value. That's pretty standard. Uh, how about for those abroad that are looking to pick it up? Is this one where you should maybe wait until you head to a convention and hope they have CDs, even though they don't seem to do that anymore? Or should you just throw it into a bigger order? What do you think? Well, I'd say if you're not going to wait for it to appear on some kind of collection in the future, uh, I'd definitely make it part of a larger order because by itself, I'd say it's not worth the shipping. Yeah, you'd be paying the price of the CD in shipping as well. As long as they ship by weight and not by item. Right. <laughs> All right. I, I guess that's progression. We seem pretty up on especially the title track itself. And I, it seems like you like Road of the Promise a little more than I do. That's not to say I don't like the song. Uh, I think it's good to have it on there. Well, like I said, it may, may be less the song itself than the associations that it brought up in my mind. That, that's that's a good point. So uh, it's bringing up our 1996 Hironobu Kageyama bias and familiarity on it. But I think that's what they're aiming for with the tone of the song. So they win in that respect. I'm listening to it and suddenly I'm back in high school and it's 2002 and uh, weird. Ah, that's right. You're a couple of years younger than me. You were still in high school then. Showing my age. <laughs> oh, God. All right, Julian. Well, uh, thanks for doing a CD review with me. Before I get rid of you, you want to throw anything into the mix? Anything going on? Um, I'm wearing a hat. 
Fantastic. Was that the new hat that you just ordered? Yes, it's the hat that is my girlfriend's gift to me right now. Excellent. Uh, okay. Anything else besides the fact that you're wearing a hat? Mm, not really. I mean, it's almost Christmas. So, in fact, this is our last podcast before Christmas. So, Merry Christmas to everyone and Happy Hanukkah and Kwanzaa and any other holiday that I may be forgetting. All right, Julian. Well, thank you much. And hopefully we will see you for next week's show. All right. See you then. The second CD review for this episode will be the Dragon Ball Kai Song Collection. This was released on November 4th of this year. It's 11 tracks. And joining me to talk about this is our good buddy Hujio from Constantai. What's up, dude? Oh, not much. Just really tired. <laughs> I'm feeling you right now. Is uh, Dragon Ball Kai Song Collection doing that to you? It is. Oh, but. But Rough. more so, it's it's life. <laughs> I think what we'll do is, because the CD is only 11 tracks long, and we're familiar with a few of them from previous CD singles and the show itself, we'll just go through track by track and uh, give some... I guess it's no longer initial thoughts, because it's been out for a while, and we'll just take it from there. It's it's a new Dragon Ball CD. Hooray. They'll be my initial thoughts, because um, that's true. I don't think I've put any down on paper <laughs> anywhere. So, Well, I have no idea. What do you think about the first track? on this CD, which is Dragon Soul, something that we've had for quite a while now. It came out on CD Single and been hearing it for months and months through the show. What do you think, Dragon Soul? Well, it's one of two tracks that's actually been on every single Kai CD so far. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, Dragon Soul, it's really the only one to me that sounds Dragon Ball-esque, and I think I've said that before. Right. Um, it's the only one that really comes across as I could see it being used in other series, like originally in Dragon Ball Z, perhaps? Yeah, I think it would have fit around that 95-96 time period with some of the hit song collections. Right. Or even just, you know, the end of 95 over into 96 for GT. Mm. I mean, it's it's just kind of a, a nice song. I think it's, it's just simple in nature, and that might have something to do with it for me. No, I've heard a lot of people say it, it kind of feels like it has hints of Don Don in it, so that makes sense that yes. you would say it, it feels like it would fit in with that time period. I think that's what most people equated it to right away when I think there was a track that got leaked right, early, right. and a lot of people were like, oh, is that Dan Dan? <laughs> so. Alright, second track on here, because I've already talked endlessly about Dragon Soul, we're done with that. This song is just Chaser, with two exclamation points. Now, I talked about this a little bit, I think on Twitter one day, when I was first listening to the CD. I said something to the extent of, oh, the audacity they have to use the phrase Zenkai Power in this song. And I continue to feel the same way about it. Well, and even the, the first time I listened to it, the one line that's on there, the dang, 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 Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It almost came off as it you can't really hear the G sometimes and it really sounds like he's yelling Dan Dan Dan. That's what I thought at first and then yeah, it's just but the Zankai power, I don't know. Can you pull that out? Can you use that <laughs> for an image song, for a character song? Right, right. Well, <sighs> is this a song for someone? What's the origin of this one? See, that's what I'm trying to figure out. Just looking at the lyrics, it's more of a group type of song, not so much a character song. Gotcha. Because it, it says everyone's a chaser, and it talks about them going out as a group and finding the magic balls and things like that. So it's not... There's nothing directed towards any specific character. All right, so it kind of works as almost an image song about maybe the early Namek stuff where they're everyone's chasing each other trying to find the Dragon Balls. And I think that fits in because there is what's called a synth version of this song on the yes. Kai soundtrack volume two, similar to what we had with the first Kai soundtrack where there are instrumental or orchestral versions of some of these full length songs. So it does kind of double dip a little bit. Just a little bit. It's uh, it's an upbeat song. It's okay. I, I kind of feel like they're tugging at my heart a little bit with the Zenkai power <laughs> reference, but ah, uh, what do you think? Is it just okay? That's pretty much where it, it fell for me. It was just one of those, almost they needed to fill a spot. So, hey, can somebody write a, just a generic song about everyone? <laughs> 
and we'll and throw it in it there really early. Yeah, which is kind of sad considering there's only 11 tracks, two of which are the opening and ending, and then we have two that we've seen on other releases. <laughs> and insert so. songs. And- Let's move on. The next track, and this is the one that absolutely breaks my heart. We go to sneak peek at Win Tough Fight, a guitar version on the Kai original soundtrack, Volume 1. I think globally, we were all really, really excited about this song. It had a good beat to it. It had a good mood to it. It was very, very shonen feeling. Yes, very shonen. I'm just devastated, absolutely devastated with the vocal version of this song. So give me your thoughts <laughs> on it, because I think people have, even though I haven't talked about it yet, I think people know how I feel about it. Right. I I really do think they kind of drop the ball on it a little bit. I just... <sighs> With the lyrics, it doesn't come off quite as Shonen-esque, and I really don't know what to say about it. I mean, it's just a... I think maybe we had built it up so much, and then this came out, and it was just like, what? what is this? Well, you're talking about the lyrics. I don't even care about the lyrics. It's the vocal delivery that is just... Well, the vocal delivery, and then even the original was just a guitar version. Right, And this right. isn't... That's where I'm talking more Shonen-esque, mm-hmm. is a lot of the guitar is toned down, and it's more of just an, an arrangement. I would say it's just completely amateur. The vocals are just... They feel... Poorly delivered. Offbeat, poorly delivered. It's a great way to describe it. Yes. It's just painful to listen to. And another thing, I throw this stuff out on Twitter. If you want my thoughts on stuff, yeah, it, it's out there <laughs> weeks before. But every time I listen to this CD, I sit and pray and hope that Hironobu Kakeyama's vocals are going to come out of it. And Oh, it, man, it if never they would have brought him on, I can only imagine what this song would be like. It, it would be amazing. It would be one of my favorite Dragon Ball songs of all time. It is that good of an underlying basis for a song. And it's just completely destroyed with this vocal version it makes me so sad well and the the weird part is is the guy that actually composed and arranged the song is the guy that provided the vocals oh god well we know where his (laughs) talent lies yeah supposedly I think we're done with that one. We'll move on. Muteki Orano Enaji was the B-side for Dragon Soul when that first came out as a CD single. So I have talked about this before. You can go back and listen to my thoughts on it. Uh, what do you think about the song, Heath? We haven't heard from you on it. I actually like this song, but for me, it may also go back to the fact that I've heard it before. Yeah, like you said, yeah, it came out. And so I've listened to it before, so when it comes on, you know, I can already start to hum it and kind of sing along the first time that I put the CD in. Mm-hmm. So it, that's more just familiarity with it, but it's not a horrible song. I actually do like it. It is somewhat forgettable once you've listened to it a couple times. I'm with you. It's grown on me a little bit more. I am remembering it more than I was at the time. It's above average, and I'm glad it's on here. It's good padding as opposed to Chaser, which feels like bad padding. Yes. It's an acceptable song. I'm glad it's included on here. Right. I agree with that.
All right, track five. Tell me all about this one because I have stopped watching Kai as of the end of the Saiyajin arc. Of course, I did go and watch the scene, so I know what's going on, but tell me about track five. Okay, this was actually used as an insert song in episodes 28 and 29, and it was used towards the latter half of 28 when the Ginyu Tokusentai first show up on Namek. And it's almost priceless the way they used it. I mean, it was just... Whoever came up with that idea, it was genius. I think it they pulled it off really well, and I think it worked. The only problem is there's almost no lyrics for the section that they used. <laughs> and <laughs> so when you actually listen to the track on the CD, you're kind of like, whoa, this is not what I heard on the TV show until you get a little bit down into the song. I think you have to get about halfway through it oh, wow. before okay. it actually kind of pops up to the section that they used in the series. But again, it's just, at least on the the soundtrack, on the CD, it almost becomes a little forgettable. The first time you listen to it, it's really good. And the more I've listened to it, it just kind of comes... It's it's a good song. It's nice to have in the catalog. And I'm glad it's there. But it's not anything I would jump out. I'd rather listen to it in the series as an insert song. I think it works a lot better that way. Wow, I think I'm having a little bit different of an experience with the song than you are. Maybe it's because I didn't watch Kai regularly around this time. Uh, I thought it was cute at first. And then, like you said, I got very forgettable. Almost annoying a little bit. And I didn't care for it. But now... Now I'm coming around to it, and I think it's because I'm really paying attention to the lyrics and just hearing yes. them talk about their uh, super special fighting pose every time. <laughs> I mean, I was see now you're taken from me because that's what that was the next thing I was going to bring up is just looking at the lyrics. I mean, this song is like genius because <laughs> it's it's told by all five characters right. from their point of view, and then they talk about themselves and how awesome they are and what attacks they use. I was going to say you hear all the classic things like Akai Magma and like I said, the fighting pose, it's all everything that we're used to hearing. It's just their cliche bits over and over in a song now. <laughs> They're some of my favorite characters in the series, so I always love anything that comes out for them, but I do kind of stand by. I think after a while, for me, it just it got a little forgettable, and, it may and I just rather see again. it in the series. So, yeah, it may. Listen to it about ten more times. <laughs> we'll see. Alright, moving on. The next song is another insert song. This was at the very end of the Saiyajin arc. We've talked about it, Over the Star, which is a song I liked immediately at first, and it grew even more on me over time. Uh, your thoughts, Over the Star? I like this song. I think it's well composed and arranged, and the lyrics are nice, and the way it was used in the series... I think worked perfectly, and it, it really holds up as its own song by I agree. itself. Yeah, so, Saki Yoshitani does. It feels very classic Kuko or Yuka delivery from the hit song collections. It, it just feels like Dragon Soul, like it would have fit at that end of the run of DBZ and have worked in conjunction. Like, if you just throw this in the middle of the second disc of NeverEnding Story, you might not be able to tell that it wasn't originally there. Exactly. I think they either did their research or they just got it spot on, because it is a really good song. And they lucked out with this one. Alright, some pretty good basic thoughts on that. We've heard it before, so we'll move on to some more new stuff. Uh, track 7. This is the one that I was very, very... Uh, the opposite of Win Tough Fight. I was dreading this song. This is Cure, I'll Be Here, as performed by Aya Hirano. Is it 
as Dende? Yes. Ugh. It, it's credited as Dende. Killing me. Singing. Um, I, just as yourself, was uh, dreading this song. Really wasn't looking forward to it because I was never much of a proponent of casting her as Dende to begin with, and I think that had a lot to do with it. Right. We talked about the stunt casting with that before. Uh, yes. Well, what do you actually think about the song now that you've had some time with it? Um... I really don't have much of an opinion other than it's a it's a decent song and from Dende's standpoint it's really sad almost <laughs> like watching people get hurt but don't worry I'll be here to heal you and you know we're all lonely where is everyone kind of it was I, I don't see Dende as saying a lot of that. But. <laughs> as I was listening to this earlier, Mary was saying the same thing. Like, is Dende really going to stand around and sing a song about this? It, yeah. It feels very out of character for him, but like you, I'm almost non-opinionated about it. I, I think it did well enough to get rid of that disgust for me, but I don't like it any more than just, okay, it's not absolutely terrible. It really comes off to me as more of a, okay, we made a deal with you that if we casted you, <laughs> we would let you sing the song, you know, yeah. <laughs> and uh, well, you just happen to be Dende, so we'll write you a song as Dende. So they did, and there right. it is. I guess it suffices in that respect. Next song we have here from Ryo Horikawa himself, Cyan Blood. And yes, it is pronounced that way in the song. Which is amazing. I love it. <sighs> we have the first uh, Vegeta in-character image song since, oh geez, his Cooking Hell song was, was that hit eight? Uh, I don't remember. It, it was I think so. So long ago. It's great to have him back with his singing voice. I have to say, I'm a little disappointed with his delivery. I, I think he he's not nailing the deeper tones that I'm used to. Yes, and I think that's been one thing that a lot of people have said just about Kai itself. Uh, a lot of his delivery sometimes is is not always what it used to be. Like, someone's been smoking a little too much in between. Well, shouldn't his voice get deeper because of that? <laughs> you would think, but it, and it seems to crack a lot. Maybe not in the song, but more so in the series. The one thing I do love about this song are the lyrics. Yes, they are pretty it, good. It, the lyrics are awesome. And uh, just listening to him sing it, I think I got past some of the delivery standpoint of just listening to Vegeta sing this song, I think was awesome for me. I think what you have to do is place this as, okay, it's Vegeta from the early part of the series singing, but it feels more like something that the later part of the series Vegeta would do. I mean, he he comes out and he's just like, I'm the Prince of Science, I'm number one, and you guys all suck. <laughs> I mean, that's basically the right, song, right. which is totally in character, and I loved it. So, and I think one thing to mention is just that Kenji Yamamoto is the one that actually composed and arranged it and mm -hmm. it it really does come off as I guess more of the series music. You can kind of hear hints of it almost yeah. some of it's kind of video game esque. It's very upbeat and in your face kind of. So, it's pretty classic Kenji Yamamoto in that respect. Yes. Next song we have on here, track nine, as we're coming to a close, is Cho Supa Dragon Soul, which is a little weird since we have a song called Dragon Soul, but this is Ultra Super. But it's not that same song, so why the title? Because it's Ultra Super. All right. I don't know. Um, I translated it as an Ultra Super Dragon Soul, so I don't know if it, that makes any difference to anyone, but it is. It's sung by the same guy that actually did Dragon Soul. Yes. Correct? I believe so, so yeah. Yeah, it's just, yeah, uh, Takayoshi Tanimoto. I'm conflicted on this song. I don't even know how to describe the feeling that it has. It's, uh, it's Yeah, I know some people online have been discussing this song. 
not so much at length, but I know a lot of people would like to see it used for the Super Saiyan theme for the series, mm. especially like Goku's first transformation. And personally, I think they need to go get a new song. <laughs> I, I don't think it needs to be used or should be used for the transformation itself. I think that's totally the wrong mood for it. But yes. I think maybe some of the climatic, I'm defeating you as a Super Saiyan moments, maybe it could work as background music there, but not for a pivotal moment itself. It's another one of those tracks that just ends up, it's on there, and mm -hmm. it's ultra super. At least it's not super exciting. That's true, although that would have been absolutely hilarious, and <laughs> I think they need to go back and retitle it. That would have made the song just for me right there. I mean, come on, the joke is there waiting for them. Why not? I know. Someone's going to step up and do it eventually. <laughs> Alright, the last new song before we hit the closing theme is Only a Chilling Energy. It's all about oh, Frieza. It is. And he is freezing me, and I'm escaping, or whatever that line is there. It's pretty hilarious. It's, the song itself, if you look at the lyrics, are really good. I just, I wasn't so much sold on the song. I don't know about you. But, uh, yeah, I guess it would be Frieza-esque. I don't know. This totally grew on me, and it's this crazy metal song as it gets yeah. going with the screams and <laughs> it, everything. It starts out all really quiet. Like, the first 10 or 15 seconds, you, you're like, do I need to turn up my headphones? Is this thing even on? Right, it's got some quasi-chanting, and then the big bass hits come in. And then it just gets wailing as it uh, <laughs> heads toward the end of the song. More than anything, I just, I love the vocal delivery on a lot of it. Mm -hmm. And um, the guy, I, I did a little research, I don't know if you read any of it, but the guy that actually sang the song, <laughs> he he goes through and he's an actual character himself uh, on stage. And it's his, uh, what's his name? H.E. Demon? Right, but H, it's like His Excellency oh, Demon geez. is his name. And he came up with like his own... If you go to his website, he came up with his own timeline, like the dates are changed, and he's from like an alien planet and like all sorts of shit. And this guy is just crazy. And now he's on a Dragon Ball soundtrack, so. I'm looking at pictures of him right now. He's uh, got a tiara on or something? Yeah, he is an interesting character. They're just pulling these crazy folk in to do some of these songs, I guess. That is the one thing I didn't... On a lot of these were people that had never had anything to do with the series, and they just at random pulled them out. And I think for a lot of us, maybe you and me especially, the fact that going through Dragon Ball and Dragon Ball Z, it was always the same people all the time. And we didn't get the new pop songs until we got to GT, which at the time had become the standard, I guess of a lot of series, which you'll see nowadays in anime all the time. And so I think for me, that's one thing that really stood out is it's just there's so much unknown. There's no familiar feeling. Uh, I'd say that's partially true. As you get toward the end of the hit song collection, specifically 16, 17, and 18, when it switches over to Boo Saga stuff, we do have new people that I'd never heard of before. We have this guy named Tom. We have right. uh, Mariko Takase. Uh, and of course, we have the Hironobu Kakiyama as the standard, you know, tying it all together. But there were new people there, and it did feel off and weird. But you could say the same thing. The shift from Dragon Ball to Dragon Ball Z. I mean, oh, Hironobu Kageyama definitely. didn't do the original Dragon Ball. Yeah, that makes me wonder how long it actually took him to win people over. That's true. <laughs> I mean, I mean, we're so used to him now. <laughs> right, but. right. But we have, oh, what, six, seven new songs to add to the collection? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, All right, I think I like the song more than you do. Uh, I, I may come around on it. I okay, just don't okay. think I've listened to it enough, honestly. All right, no, then. No, I'm, I'm, I'm not completely sold on it yet.
Let's wrap it up with your thoughts on Yeah, Break, Care, Break. I was pretty down on the song uh, after getting the CD single. I think I feel the same way about it. I do like having the full-length vocal version, but eh, it's not my favorite. What do you think? I actually like Yeah, Break, Care, Break. All I right. have to say that for Mary's sake. I don't know what it was. Just uh, first watching the series, I think. I, I just like the ending, you know, theme. I, I think it's a catchy song. That it, It's poppy. You can sing along. But is it Dragon Ball? No, not really. And I think you kind of share that feeling. Yes, I do. So and I think that's the big issue that a lot of people have with it. But eh, it's a nice, cheesy little ending theme. Those 11 tracks comprise the Dragon Ball Kai song collection. It's 2,940 yen, so it's just about 30 bucks. You think this uh, collection of 11 songs is worth the full retail price? No. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, then. I I do not. If this was more like $15... Well, what Japanese releases are. I mean, CD singles are $15. Yeah, that just never happens. You know, what are you going to do? Yeah, you knock a couple bucks off it. I think if you can apply a coupon to it, at least throw it in the mix with something else, maybe... Yeah, if you can pick it up with something else so that you don't have to pay $30 and then $30 shipping... Shipping, I know. <laughs> I know how terrible that is. Then, yeah, that. I say it's, you know... If anything, for me, I'm a completist, so I just have to pick everything up anyway. Oh, of course, so. right. And I think it helped that in November, three new CDs came out. So if you're like me, you could just throw them all into one order. So did you want to discuss the cover art at all? Yeah, I guess we can wrap it up uh, since we're talking about the package as a whole, what do you think about this cover art? I think it's okay. It doesn't really represent music, but then again, no. what do? <laughs> it's nice to see all the characters on there, but it's there's so much going on. Do I focus on Goku, who's covering up <laughs> over half the people on right, right. the cover, or what? I think it's okay. The packaging it's, it's is nice splash. as always, but... Yeah, and they they throw the logo on down in the corner. And actually, the CD does come with, at least the first pressing, uh, a sticker of the cover itself. So if you really, really like it, you can uh, put it on your locker or something. It's kind of odd. I've always found it odd that a lot of the the first pressings of like anything or first editions of like say um the super exciting guides they mm-hmm. all come with stickers and i never know what the hell to do with all these stickers i know i just have piles of them what do you do i mean right in front of me now i can see the yeah break sticker and the kai song collection sticker i don't know what to do with them put them on the bumper of your car y- yeah that's what i'll do <laughs> Considering half of them are like, what, half an inch? I know. Tall. Fine. <laughs> All right. Heath, Hugio, Heath Geo, thank you for uh, reviewing the Kai Song Collection. Is this your first music review on the show? It is. Well, you did believe it or not. an excellent job. Well, thank you. You're I hope I welcome. can do an excellent job some other time. We'll do that in the future when we get a uh, second collection, maybe. Second collection, or however many soundtracks are actually going to put out. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. All right. Well, uh, we got at least one more CD to review, so I'm going to let you go. All right. Thank you much, sir. Thank you. Mary is back to you and I now for the All third alone. CD review. All alone with us in the audience. That's right. You and I are going to cover the Dragon Ball Kai original soundtrack, Volume 2. This came out on November 18th of this year, 2009. It is 34 tracks. There is no limited edition version of this like there was for the first Dragon Ball Kai soundtrack. And this one is 2,940 yen, so a little under 30 bucks there. Mary, you and I, I'm pretty sure we even mentioned this earlier when I was talking with Heath, we have not watched Kai since the end of the Saiyajin arc. That is correct. So it seems a little weird that we would be reviewing this here disc with no actual context of this music appearing in Kai. I, uh, I, we can't I really think, place music with specific scenes, so that'll be a little interesting. I think that's a worthwhile opinion to have, though. You're coming into it completely fresh. A lot of people are coming to the Japanese soundtrack that way, where they just pick up, uh, I should say, Kikuchi's score or some of the old image songs, having no familiarity with them, and uh, do I like it or not, just coming into it kind of cold turkey. So we're almost jumping in 
equating cold turkey to something, even though it's originating from Japan, which I think is an interesting experience. Of the 34 tracks on this disc, seven of them are actually carryovers from the first soundtrack. That's the recap music, Dragon Soul, the TV size version of that, the title screen music, the two eye-catch musics, Yeah Break TV size, and then the next episode preview. So those are all pretty short but it seems like they'll at least be carrying over those for consistency when you're listening to the soundtrack. It's almost like watching a complete arc through the music on the CD. Then there was another one, the title track, which is that little five to six second bit of music that plays before the episode starts. Uh, the one on the first soundtrack is actually an alternate version. <laughs> The one on soundtrack 2 is as it sounds exactly as it sounds in the uh, TV broadcast. It's only about five seconds, but at least you have the uh, official version here. Now, as opposed to some of the other discs we've reviewed, where it's a CD single, you know, Julie and I can talk about the two songs in depth. Uh, we did 11 tracks with Heath. This is 34 tracks. It's all background music. How do you actually talk about this? We can't go track by track, especially with instrumental stuff. So we'll do some general overview thoughts of this disc. And I have a couple standout ones I'll mention. But Mary, I'll toss it over to you to start out with. I've played this disc a little bit here and there over the last couple weeks and then today we did one solid sit and just listen to the whole thing straight through while we were baking right so my thoughts are and i think i might have said this for the first um soundtrack just that a lot of this stuff sounds like it's ripe for dbz video games and I, i'm assuming it's the same guy so i guess that makes sense right it makes total sense kenji yamamoto is the composer for the dragon ball kai soundtrack and he has been doing dragon ball video games for as long as any of us can remember all the way through the uh, PS2 stuff and then the current generation stuff. He is a veteran of the series. It feels like Dragon Ball music in some capacity, but you are thinking more along the lines of, hmm, this feels like video game music right. rather than TV music. And I also kind of disagree with you about it sounding like Dragon Ball music oh, because okay. I felt a lot of the tracks didn't sound at all like they belong in the Dragon Ball universe. Even a Dragon Ball video game? No, no. I think they just sound like songs. Okay. Especially ones that are very different genres. There was sure. one that... um kind of festive, almost Latin kind of sounding. I don't remember which track it was. Oh, wow, this is very different. I like it. It doesn't really sound very Dragon Ballish. And there was a couple of tracks that sounded very different from what I'm used to hearing as far as Dragon Ball background music goes. Okay. So it's not like I didn't like it or anything, but in tracks like those, I was like, hmm, I question how this is appropriately used in Kai. But again, since I haven't been watching it, I do not know. Right, that's not to say that Kikuchi's score didn't have those kind of moments as well. We do have those wacky bits of music. Uh, I think I even used that for Julian's ABC bumper music way back in the day. So there are bits like that. Let me talk about a couple of the standout tracks that I noted, um, one of my listen-throughs. Track 6, which is an isolated warrior. I thought this sounded very much like a Shuki Levy bit of music. In fact, the beginning almost sounds like it's using the Rock the Dragon little instrumental motif in it. So, to me, the this felt like Dragon Ball music, but just like the old Shuki Levy score, it felt like replacement Dragon Ball music, which makes sense because it is replacement music. I thought it was a strange... We've talked about that with Kai before, how it almost felt like the original 96 dub of DBZ where they're cutting out this kind of material, speeding things up. Maybe Kai's score is uh, feeling the same way to me. middle of the disc, we have synth versions of two songs from the Kai song collection. We have Chaser and then Cure. Chaser, as far as we know right now, is just an image song. It hasn't been used anywhere yet. And Cure is the Dende in character image song. So if you're into those, the Kai song collection doesn't have karaoke or instrumental versions of them. So they're kind of being littered across these Kai soundtracks. Like the first soundtrack had the uh, synth and orchestral versions of of Wind Tough Fight and Dragon Soul itself. So here it looks like a couple are carried over onto the Kai soundtrack too.
Track 24, which is just Kintone, sounded like Chocobo music to me. I don't know what else to say about it. And that's around the point where the soundtrack kind of turns into very somber music. The very end of it is all very low-key down music. I kind of liked that stuff, actually. It might have not helped that I was reading a book then, and the music kind of fit the mood of the book I'm reading. (laughs) I was like, wow, what a great soundtrack to this book. Oh, wait, it's Kai music. I, I kind of enjoyed the, the somber stuff. I don't know why. No, I like that a lot. And Kikuchi's score did a lot of the same thing. If you go and listen to the background music collection around the Frieza arc, it will start to somber down a little bit as you get toward music that's used at the end of the Frieza arc. So I think it's doing a pretty good parallel of the original score for Z, just with the new music. But... Us coming to this having very, very little familiarity with the music as it's used in the TV series, how are you feeling about just the Kai music as music overall? Is this something you ever see yourself popping in to listen to, or even little well, bits here and there? I don't there? know. I, it, for me, listening to just background music for the fun of it is a very tough sell for me, even mm-hmm. for a property that I really like. Yeah, you're so probably never not. hear you do that. No, no. Even like the old stuff from the old Z days, like... Mm-hmm. I'll rarely just listen for the fun of it. I mean, usually it's just, I happen to be around if you're playing it. Right. Uh, I mean, I think it was a nice soundtrack, and I like the variety. And like I said before, I question its association with Dragon Ball at points, but I didn't think it was bad or anything. Okay. I'm feeling around the same as you, I think, where I like it, but I'm not actively going to return to it. Maybe when we do what you said, we'll kind of marathon through the Frieza arc and Kai at some point in the future. Maybe we will, maybe we won't. Maybe after we do that, I'll say, oh, I remember this tune from the Kai soundtrack, and that'll make me want to go back and listen to it occasionally. But right now, I'm just kind of, eh, okay, it was the Kai soundtrack. That's how I feel about it. Just very, very middle of the road. I still don't love it as music, but I think it's a fun listen, especially in the context of Kenji Yamamoto. If I'm listening to something from the Burst Limit soundtrack or from the Budokai soundtrack and I toss in something from Kai, it's kind of fit the mood and it'll be a nice little break into that general playlist. I think that's it. One of our shorter CD reviews, which is interesting because it's the most tracks of everything, uh, Mary, the same question I ask everyone, who is this for? How much would you pay for it? Is it worth picking up? I guess if you're a hardcore Kai fan and you're watching the episodes each week and you really get into the background music, this is for you. Yeah, it's and a no-brainer out, there. Yeah, fill out your collection. That's about it. Yeah, I think so. We done? Mm-hmm. All right. At this point, uh, we got a little bit left in December. We'll see if there's anything there, and then we'll cover January for releases. No, there is nothing left in December, so we'll cover January, which is fleshing out a little bit more, but not much, and then February will be packed. Mary, start it off January 5th. January 5th, we've got the Viz Kids Chapter Book Volume 6. This is 80 pages, and it's called Training with the Master. I'll give you two guesses what this is about. <laughs> so it's five, yeah, about five bucks MSRP. Uh, you can find that on Amazon, among other places. Thank you. Tell us what's coming out on uh, Wednesday at the end of the month. Yes, January 27th. Over in Spain, we've got Dragon Ball Volume 2, their remastered edition. This is Saga del Red Ribbon. It is the R2 PAL discs from Spain. Like I said, six discs. It is 20 episodes, and I think that's picking up with episode 29, since the first collection was 1 through 28. Get all the standard languages from the Spain releases, and you got Castilian subs, and it looks like it'll be 49.95 euros. All the info at zonadvd.com. Also that day, we've got Dragon Ball Volume 6, the French Kanzenban from Glenat. Uh, 10.55 euros, same deal as always. Amazon France has a pre-order for 10.02. Mary, wrap up January 29th on the Friday. That Friday, we've got Dragon Ball Kai DVD single disc volume 5. five. This is episodes 13 through 15. Wow, really packing them on there. <laughs> this is the one with the 16 by 9 aspect ratio cropped and standard definition. Uh, retail price is 29.40 yen. You can pre-order it on CD Japan for 2,800 yen or Amazon Japan for 2,176 yen. There you go. January. Into the future. All right. We're going to wrap up the episode with an email. And actually, we have an audio email. 
This one comes to us from HBI2K. Here's the text he sent along with it. Just listen to the 200th episode and boy, did you guys get into the whole dub versus sub thing. Personally, I find it to be an artificial distinction that arbitrarily divides people. And maybe my experience, as recounted it in the attached voice message, will explain why I love the podcast and keep up the good work. Let's take it away. What you got to say? Hey, Dizex people. This is HBI2K, a.k.a. Farmer with Shotgun, Dr. Briefs. And nail of Team Four Star. You guys often deal with the pros and cons of dub versus sub in Dragon Ball, so I thought I'd share my experience with you. You see, I love Dragon Ball. I love all of it. I watched the movies on imported Japanese VHS with no translation, and I loved it. I watched the ocean dub of Z on Toonami and loved it, and when Funny took over the dub, I loved that too. I watched the Spanish dub on the local Spanish language channel, and I loved that. I modded my PS1 just so I could import a DBZ fighting game, and I loved it. I played the SNES game on an emulator, and I loved that, and I loved the GameCube games when I bought those. I watched crappy real-player encodes of VHS fan subs of the movies, and I loved them that way, too. When the only way to watch Goku and Piccolo learn to drive was to send away for a special Burger King promo VHS, I did. And I loved it. I'll admit it. I downloaded bad DBZ Lincoln Park AMVs on my 56k internet connection, and I loved them. I bought the orange bricks, and I even loved those. I read the manga through a bastard assortment of borrowed public library volumes and scanlations and loved it, and then I bought the Vizbigs, and I loved those. Now I'm watching the blue bricks, subbed, and loving it, and I'm loving my Dragon Box, too. I've read, watched, and listened to Dragon Ball in literally dozens of ways, and every different way has been great. Fuck GT. Mary, your immediate retort to this. I think it's awesome that he feels this way. I would kill to feel this way. I actually do feel this way about certain shows where I will love anything and everything that comes out for just about, even if it's maybe not the best. I think maybe not anime, but for me, it's X-Men stuff where Mm -hmm. I'll typically be like, wow, oh my God, that's awesome. I'm going to enjoy it this way. Or, oh, wow, that's awesome. I'm going to enjoy it that way. Dragon Ball, not so much with me, but I can understand how we can have that universal love for everything surrounding it. And I, I, like I said, I would kill to feel that way because it would make life a lot more peaceful. I think for me, I don't feel that way anymore. I've used this expression before, but for me, the honeymoon period is over. I was that way. That was back in the mid nineties. And after running my website for a few years and getting so heavily involved with stuff, I guess the general jadedness comes in. But there comes a point where I don't feel the need to love every single last aspect about it anymore. And I think both perspectives are okay. They're both valid. They're both fine to do. Uh, I, I just don't feel that way anymore. But it's great that there are people like that out there who can just take anything and just enjoy it and just love it. And I think that's what fandom really needs to thrive is people who absolutely just no ifs, ands, or buts about it, just love every little last aspect of it. It's good to have that perspective because I think as much as we tried to gear everything on episode 200 toward enjoyment and positive community, of course, anything, any little thing here and there that you discuss that's negative in any way just kind of multiplies its perception to other people. And of course, Tara's waking up now. So I guess that's uh, our clue to wrap up the episode. Mary. Mary, people have questions, comments, all that good stuff. How do you get it to us? Best way to get it to us would be via email, and the email address is podcast at dizex.com. That's P O D C A S T at dizex, which is spelled D A I Z E X dot com. You can also find us all on Twitter. The group as a whole collectively is at D-A-I-Z-E-X. Mike is on at Vegito E-X. Julian is on as Saya Jedi. And you can find me at Mary T-O-T. We also have a Facebook page at facebook.com slash DiZX. I wanted to mention, uh, because it ties in with what we talked about this episode and what just went out, we have named items for two donation item things that I would like to announce on the show, Mary. The Draco Star Home Memorial November 2009 CDs. The shipping for all the CDs reviewed on this episode are covered for us by Draco Star Home. And uh, the purchase of the CDs themselves covered by your CD Japan referral credits. So we are very much thankful for all of that help. And then our prizes for episode 200 went out. We have the Brackus Memorial Episode 200 Memorial Prizes. This episode, those were the Dragon Boxes and Reaching Blast. So big, big, absolute, huge thanks to 
everyone for helping us cover all the things related to Daizenshu EX, not just as a podcast, but as a website and uh, helping out our community, which was the topic of episode 200. Maybe that brings us to a close. This was episode 202. Next week should be our last of 2009. Ooh, boy. And we got to do our crazy end of the year wrap up stuff like predictions for next year and then go over our predictions for 2009. Were we right? Were we wrong? I think mostly wrong. Totally way off. I think there's a lot of things that we obviously did not foresee, but we'll get into that. Do you remember anything that you said? I probably mentioned video games a lot. <laughs> so I'm like, there's going to be more video games! I have no idea what I said, and I'm not looking forward to hearing the stupid words that came out of my mouth a year ago. I love that, though. <laughs> I love hearing the stupid words that came out of your mouth a year ago. Thank you, thank you. We're going to try to get Julian in on that. That is the plan for next week. That may get pushed back a week, depending on his availability. We'll see. I make no promises. You know how we end up sticking to our plan. Uh, Mary, we have great things coming in 2010. We talked about Kai background music. Uh, we didn't get a chance to talk to him this episode, but in the future, we're going to pull our buddy Kenny Sue 3000 on the show, talk all about background music. He has some amazing documentation for not just Kai, but Z as well. I mentioned it before, but Kunzai's going to come on, talk all about the martial arts inspiration and homages and everything that goes into the show that most people, I will say most people, have no clue is even there in the original. Very, very much looking forward to that. And yeah, we'll do that Yamcha episode at some point. What do you think? Gotta cut the poor guy a break. I think so. So, uh, Mary, for you over there. Bye-bye. Thank you much for Julian off in Japan. Hopefully we'll talk to him next week. My name is Mike, Vegito EX, and uh, we're almost done with 2009. Daizen Chubi X Podcast, Konshumo Gite Kudasate, Arigato Gozaimasu, Jigaimo, Otanashimini!